0: I'm Garrison Doctor.
1: And I'm Corinne Doctor.
0: And this is Fishing Stories.
1: And today we are joined by Josh Grapham. Yep. Of Umqua Feather Merchants, but I think there's more to you than that.
2: Yeah. Much yeah. more. Great and to see you
0: guys. I would just say from my personal point of view, someone who I very much look up to both as an angler and as an individual. So
2: thank you. It's a pleasure to have you. I feel the same way about you guys. Well, it's
1: fun to have you in person. As I mentioned, second time only Mm -hmm. that we're in person, Mm -hmm. um, which was the dream when we first started this podcast, but nothing can happen in person when you start something in may of 2020
0: yeah international (laughs) guests in a pandemic sort of threw a wrench on the old in-person plans for a minute there
2: i bet
1: that's right so for people who don't know Mm -hmm. who you are this is not a biographical podcast by any means but just tell us a little bit about who you are and yeah your fishing in particular
2: i grew up in new england um and i ski raced in new england and then uh then moved out west to to mostly ski but also to fish and um, long, long story short, I spent a bunch of time in Wyoming, a little bit of Montana then found myself down here in Colorado <clears throat> working at Umco Feather Merchants, which for people that don't know is right down the road from rep your water. Yeah, we're neighbors. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like <laughs> literally within a few miles of Pretty each close. other. Yeah. Yeah. So much easier to do in person. Right. Yeah. Boy. And um, yeah, I've, uh, I, you know, obviously serious fly fishing background. I did a lot of, for people that don't know, a bunch of competitive fly fishing um at a team USA level and a world level and then uh these days uh kind of retired from that but do plenty of other fishing around
1: but I don't think you've retired your competitive spirit
2: no no (laughs) it's just gone into other things like permit fishing and other personal pursuits yeah, that, I don't think that goes away. For no,
1: one of the most competitive people I know. I hope I don't come across that
2: way, but to <laughs> no, some I might. You're <laughs> well, she's also yeah. married
0: to one, so yeah. she knows exactly yeah, yeah.
2: this. But I think you hide it better. Yeah. Here, uh, so oh, I don't know At least that. to me, you do. Uh, yeah, there yeah. You go. yeah.
1: I mean, put a ping pong table in mm-hmm. front of either of you. And...
2: <laughs> yeah, we can play anytime. Yeah, yeah
0: that'll change. The, the competitive will come out pretty quick. That. Absolutely. Yeah.
2: Oh, my mm-hmm. gosh. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. We're going to. Tell a little fishing story. I
0: yeah, I mean, so. that's why we're here. And, you know, mm-hmm. Josh has been sort of teasing us with this story that he has queued up. So
2: I think just let it rip. And yeah. Let's, let's hear it. Yeah, I've definitely got a fishing story. I've got a fishing slash life lesson story. Okay, that, um, when you guys asked me about this, it was like, I have something interesting, you know, <laughs> that happened to me that I thought you guys might want to hear about. Yeah, the the, the basics of it are, this was about 10 years ago or so. I was let's see, I was working up in Wyoming and I had a bunch of time off in the winter. So I would have a real busy, very, very busy season from call it April 1st through November 1st, seven days a week. And then I'd be able to take the majority of the winter off. Um, and you were guiding up in Wyoming. I, I was running in a, an outdoor program for a really large ranch. Oh. So well, I would hire a lot of guides and we would have this, you know, summer season. Yeah. And then in the fall slash winter, I got to take kind of make up some time from the summer and take my time off that yeah nice then in the spring i would hire people and and do what we'd get started again sure so i wanted to go do some saltwater fishing and didn't have enough money to to really you know i could do a one week trip or something but i wanted to go for a while so my friend and i adam decided that we would go and we wanted to try and catch permit and we wanted to do it diy right and caught a permit at that point just thought Need to go somewhere and try and catch one of these things. And I had about six to eight weeks to do it. So um, we booked flights to Mexico and uh, decided that we would go to the Ascension Bay area. If you guys are familiar with it, uh, kind of around Tulum, Tulum, between Tulum and and Punta Allen. you know, so we wanted to go down there. We found a little jungle lodge that let us stay super cheap. This was, I mean, 10 years ago, Tulum was a thing, but it was, not as big as it is, right? Yeah,
1: no, right?
2: It it's changed. Expanded. It's changed a lot. Was there
0: sargasso all over the beaches? Just not when we were there. No, and I'm not we sure. Were just there, and it was crazy. Lots loaded. Yeah.
2: I've seen pictures. I've heard about it. Yeah. Um, I believe there was some at some point, but nothing like what I've seen recently. It, yeah. And I don't know if that's changing or if that goes through side. I don't know about it. Right. Yeah. But when we were there, no, it was yeah. pretty clear on the beaches. Yeah, it's um, those
1: white sand beaches. That
2: yeah, I think the Tulum beaches are ranked some of the top beaches in the world right so we wanted to spend a bunch of time in a tropical area i'm from new hampshire we don't have white sand Mm -hmm. warm water beaches (laughs) uh and yeah i just i kind of did some research and found some places you could do some diy fishing and um yeah i got to spend wanted to spend eight weeks down there so we booked a plane ticket and we we literally flew in and tried to find a rental car at the cancun airport for anybody who's been there that's a That's a whole scene in itself. It's a junk show. Oh, it's insane. And it's also
1: like a party. Like you arrive in the Cancun airport. and
2: Somebody's trying to shove a drink in your face. I had never seen anything like this. And I'm trying to get a deal (laughs) on a rental car for two months. It was a mess, to say the least. So we finally eventually talked to a guy and then talked to another guy. And they got taken somewhere else and this and that. We finally got a hold of this Jeep Patriot small kind of you know, SUV type of, you know, vehicle for two months. And after that whole process, you know, we we go to the rental car place and we kind of pay for a thing and they make you sign all this stuff. And I really wasn't paying attention to any of that. We just finally got it. We got our hands on it. And we're like, we're out of here. So we drove down to Tulum into our little lodge and it was amazing. It was like incredible. You know, it was everything we had hoped and thought it was, you know, a little palapa type place. Um, <clears throat> the people were awesome easy to get food around. We were there for a while. We had all our stuff and we kind of just got it, got everything set. And we, uh, we started fishing literally the next morning, right? Like right away. We were so oh, jacked course. up. Yeah. It was like course. waiting
1: the flats and stuff. Yes. Yeah. Waiting
2: flats. And I had been there. I had spent some time around there. I knew, um, of some flats that were down there that were accessible. on foot. yeah, I'd done a bunch of research. So I kind of had some good places in mind and right away, day one, like we started seeing fish every single day, you know and different kinds of fish, sometimes on the ocean side, sometimes on the Bay side, we, we started to try and figure it out. Right. Five, seven, 10 days in, we had a program, you know, we were watching tides and we knew what areas we kind of wanted to be in and everything was working great. Uh, had we caught any at this point? Not right in the first week, we caught some bonefish. We had caught a Jackson snook sure. uh, off yeah, the beaches yeah. there. We had had shots at tarpon. I mean, it was fishing. Well, we had had permit shots. And like most permit fishing, they either didn't eat or spooked right. or looked and came all the way to your feet. Right. But, but we were being successful in what, you know, in fishing we wanted, yeah. you know, and we were learning the areas every day was a little different. Um, and of course, you know, uh, we, we started fishing early and late and trying to do it. We, we were just two dudes down in Mexico for eight weeks, With no other, no agenda. other agenda, nothing <laughs> zero yep. Glorious. I don't even think I had to check email. It was like, we, we that's, checked out that's Perfect. it was incredible and um yeah there was a couple times while we were there i remember one situation where uh we started to get a little more adventurous for some reason we didn't bring any kind of inflatable anything so we couldn't really venture out past the walkable water right but we started to when it was sunny out you could see on lower tides channels that you could maybe sneak across and if you know this area uh the ocean connected to the bay there's lots of stuff that likes to go in between that sure crocodiles sharks sure. all kinds of stuff. day one we pulled up to that bridge and there was a giant crocodile sitting right off the bridge right if you've driven over that bridge uh down to put down you know that there's generally one there yeah do some little research on google and you'll you'll, you'll see some people have been attacked by that alligator mostly people fishing at night right you know um it's funny when you're fishing down there During the day, you'll see a few people around. But if you go down there at night in the dark, we went and fished a couple times. And there are people everywhere. And it's locals fishing food mostly. But, like, I mean, one night we went, there had to be 25 people down there. Well,
1: it's uh, changed a bit. Like Harrison said, we were just there. And even, like, what, 9 a.m., 10 a.m. driving over that bridge, there were, like, 15, 20 people. Cars stopped. Not necessarily were they all fishing. But a lot of people. Just looky-loos. You know, like – you know how this is when, yeah. even on a river here in Colorado,
2: mm-hmm. people
1: stop mm-hmm. and ask you, Are you catching yeah, anything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's happening? And yes. it was like all these cars were backed up on the bridge. Sure. Just to take a peek.
2: Maybe it is they were a cool checking spot. out the croc. It's a really cool <laughs> spot. There's a croc. There's an interesting video of someone swimming there and someone throwing a five gallon bucket at the croc. It's a croc it was swimming. It's totally searchable oh, online. God. Yeah, that, that, that croc was. There are others around, too, that you will see. And um, to get into some of the places we were fishing, there were some channels along mangroves where we didn't, you know, you're trying to figure out your way. And a couple of times, you're wading up chest and neck deep in deeper channels to get to where you can see. And
1: for a visual, Josh is a giant
2: human. Yeah, so, i <laughs> You're in some Josh. deeper water yeah, trying for, to get to it's some It's over Corinne's head, yeah. just for yeah. reference there. Yeah, for it's sure. definitely <laughs> sketchy. We had one situation. I, I started to get more adventurous, so I crossed up channel it was nice and sunny I could see everything you could see the kind of shallower parts of the channel it came up to about my chest and I got across that was the that was about ten to fourteen days in I caught my first permit on the other side of this channel. You know so I worth, found the untouched it. water. Sick. It was incredible. Um three permit coming at me put it in front two fought for it they ate it was unbelievable. Beautiful that's my first one ever right? Yeah, right. That's awesome. it ate a kung fu crab. Yeah nice. I'll never forget it. Nice. Um, that same day, as I was coming back to talk to my buddy and show him some pictures and stuff, he, I can see him yelling at me and waving his arms. And he's like, Hey, Hey, and he's far enough away. I'm like, what is going on? I get closer to him. He's like pointing up the mangroves. And I looked up the mangroves about probably 50 yards from him. And there's a crocodile literally swimming down the mangroves. And he's like yelling and hitting his rod on the water and taking his, he had a uh, waist pack at the time, slamming, trying to scare this thing away. It gets within about thirty yards from him. You can see it stopped. For it was swimming slowly. It wasn't just coming at her. And then it just went under and disappeared. No oh, I don't you. like. No, that. thank you. I am I don't sitting. Like that. I am sitting on the other side of this channel. Like what? And I can see this whole thing unfolding. Right. He's backed up, so he's crawling up into the mangroves. Like, like I don't know where this thing is. We probably both sat there for what felt like three hours. It was probably 30 minutes, but like, oh my God. what do we do now? And of course, as this is happening, there's clouds rolling in. It's getting darker. The tides had changed. It's a little higher water now. I have no idea where I can cross back, but I've got about a 30-yard stretch of channel to get across, far enough where it wasn't like three steps and then you hop right. up on the needy yeah. water it was deep previous to that we had seen a couple sharks go through there so you're fishing on the flat and you turn around there's a dark shape moving right through these channels it, it probably in hindsight was not the smartest thing for me to be doing
1: no, crossing and yeah. everybody's young and dumb it's
2: i was yeah maybe a little more dumb you know at the time <laughs> but excited it was the longest you know 30 yards of them. i went as fast as i could but i had to cross back and i finally hopped, skipped and got back and was freaking out and we left that day, but where the story really gets interesting is, um, we were fishing for a while and weather started to change. You know, I was down there for almost eight weeks. So I think right. it was like week four or five, we got like, you could see a big storm kind of coming on the weather report so, and seven. It, it was going to rain for like the next week. Right. So it did. And after the first day of it downpouring for a while, we decided we wanted to go see another part of Mexico. So we would. We ran up to Cancun, neither of us spent any time in really Cancun. Looked around, did a little tarpon fishing up above Cancun. The, the weather was mostly down south. So it was awesome. We had a few cool days up you know, messing around, being a tourist. Really. Yeah, like that
1: whole Bosch area has yeah. a great tarpon fishing.
2: It's great tarpon yeah. fishing. Yeah, we just wanted to see another area. So we went and screwed around up there while the weather was there. So we were gone for probably five or six days. And we came back and we were like all excited to go. The weather kind of turned again and it got sunny and we were like, oh, this is gonna be great. So we head down our road at like 6 a.m. You know, we getting there nice and early. And um, we get about halfway to the bridge, and there's a lot of water, like it had rained for real. And what I didn't really know is that they don't have river systems down there. They have, if you're familiar with it, they have tons of cenote's and springs and they have right. groundwater. Comes up, so all this water that rains in the jungle ends up in the ground, but that raises groundwater tables, right. which are very close to the surface. So we're driving through some like big puddles, really big puddles. And again, being young and dumb, a little aggressive, was like, ah, it's no big deal. Thinking <laughs> maybe I have a real jeep, which I don't. I have like a small SUV type of thing. <laughs> and we get into one puddle, and it goes around a corner, and. It was all fine for a while, maybe 20, 30 yards, but it turned the corner and you still could see water. In the heat of the moment, I decided to keep driving and I got around the corner. I was probably 30, 40, 50 yards into this puddle, which turned out to be more like a pond and um, I got deep and it started coming in the baseboards of the car. SUV, whatever the hell we have. Very small SUV. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't (laughs) know what a Jeep Patriot at the time was, (laughs) but it was not the car that I needed. Not a Rubicon with a lift on it. It was not this. (laughs) No. So we get going and we're in there and all of a sudden stop and the water kind of splashes forward and splashes back and then the car dies. And I'm like, "Uh uh-oh, like this is a problem. So we kind of get out. We open the door, and water's starting to come in on the baseboards now. Like it wasn't flooding in like like sunken vehicle, but it. Right. I mean, I have waters up to my ankle. You know, right. yeah. we're in a rental jeep in Mexico. Also, if you know this area, we're in a biosphere. Right. Um, yeah. And when you go to rent cars down there, they're very clear about like you're not supposed to take this off pavement and not supposed to take it. Well, in my mind, the biosphere that road down there specifically, it's. Probably pretty clear that we shouldn't be in there without rental car. I'm sure many people do, but at right. this point, I'm realizing. According
1: that, to that paper. That little
2: piece of paper. Technically outside. speaking, yeah. probably not the move. Technically, yeah. So, the car stalls, and I don't know what to do. So, we try and get out, and uh, we start, We try to start it again a couple of times. It won't start. And I'm like, well, you know, we're, we're stuck here for a second. What do I do? Start it. Try to start, like, 50 times. I'm like, it's not starting. So, we kind of push it off to the side of the road, which it's kind of a burned road. So we kind of got it halfway out of the water. And um, eventually, actually a couple bigger trucks and vans come like barreling through. They're able to get through, but one of them says, hey, if you push it out of the water, you might be able to uh, get it started. So we do that and wait about 45 minutes. We try it every 10 minutes it's not starting. No. It's definitely not starting. So we're a long ways away with no cell phones. We're like, what do we do? I left Adam with the vehicle and I caught a ride from one of like six cars that we saw the whole time back to Tulum. We're in this biosphere now with a rental car, probably not supposed to be in here, I need to get this car out of here if you guys know when you go through the biosphere too there's a nice armed there's sets of armed guards at the gate yeah i have no idea i don't know any spanish i don't know what i just know we would just drive through and wave and keep on going and never ask questions and they never said a word so now i need to tow this thing out of here so i go all the way to tulum and i didn't have a lot of money so i was like well if i can get it towed out i'm i'm sure i can let it dry out and we'll get this thing started so i bought the biggest rope i could find at you know, in Tulum hardware store.
1: Right. This
2: took me like two hours to get back there, you right. know, get this giant rope, get back to the, towards the gate. And then I hitchhiked my way back to the car, um, on a cement truck. Uh, I'll never forget this. It was cement blocks. And again, didn't speak any Spanish. And I just pulled out a little bit of money, a few pesos. And <laughs> the guy's like, he looks at me funny and he, I had the rope. And I'm like, that pointed that way. And he's like, <laughs> In the back, and yeah. it was three <laughs> guys, yeah, gringo, cement blocks that are, of course, not tied down at all. He no, said no. we're moving it all, and that road is burly. Yeah. yeah. So I'm on the back of this cement truck, and we finally make it all the way there, and I get you, and I'm, I'm going to get there, and, and it's going to start or something. Yeah. And of course, he's, I'm like, he's, he's like, no, it's, it's the same. We eventually get it turned around. We had to push it forward, push it back in knee-deep water, maybe hip-deep water, pushing it around. And finally, get turned around, yeah. and a giant garbage truck comes the biggest garbage truck i've ever seen which must have been at, down in punta allen comes through and these things must have had like 45 inch tires these are monster Perfect. This, this is your guy this you water need. was not hitting the top of those tires
1: this is not his first time on the floor this guy knew what was going on <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: there were like five of them in there and he i like, like stop them and they're like what and i'm like i pull the rope out i pull more money out and i'm like that way and then speak a lot of spanish and okay so you see them hook up to this yeah. garbage truck giant dump truck type of thing and we get in the car and they pull us out of the water now the water is coming up over the it's coming right up to the windshield because oh, yeah. this truck's frothing the water up we get out of the water this is great we get towed we get to the guard station and he stops and he comes out speaks a whole bunch of spanish takes the rope off it keeps driving.
1: Yeah, He's like, You're like, on your own with these I'm dogs. not
2: driving through there. Right? I had nothing and now to do I'm like, this. oh, you've got to be kidding me. I don't know what to do now. <laughs> so we are stuck and we just start pushing. We're going to like try and go through this gate. And I figure this is going to cost me more money. Right. We get to the gate and they're blah, 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 blah. He's holding a machine gun. All right. Hey, and I don't Latin know. Latin
0: America. It. Like he, no. the, the Coca-Cola truck has a guy with an armed
2: guard on it. Yes. Right. Yes. They, he wasn't being threatening, but he told me machine gun sure. speaking, I should have known more Spanish than I did. I knew nothing. I didn't I didn't understand one word he was saying. And I just kept pushing and pushing and waving and pushing and waving and pushing. <laughs> and he's like, oh, and I just kept pushing. And we pushed and pushed until we couldn't hear him anymore. And that was it. on getting it out. And we got out of there. Once we got, when we couldn't hear, hear him, we went and ran to our lodge, which was three miles down that road. So I ran three miles down there, found the host dude that was like managing the lodge. Like, hey, I got a situation and we used that rope and we towed it back to the lodge. Uh, he kind of thought it was funny. He's like, you're fine. It'll be fine. I was thinking we're fine. It's out now. I was mostly worried about getting out of the biosphere. Sure. Right. I knew we weren't supposed to be in there and I knew it was a rental and I'm like, if I can just get this out of here, I can get squared away. Sure. I towed back to the lodge. He's like, I got a mechanic. It's no problem. Next day. Grab my rope. We tow it down to the mechanic in Tulum, downtown Tulum. We're pulling a damn rental car to the mechanic. <laughs> yeah. They, The host guy and the and the mechanic, they speak Spanish flu. Blah, 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 blah. He's like, oh, they'll pull they'll pull it apart a little bit. They'll probably just need to let it dry out. Let the electric dry out. We'll give it 24 hours. They'll take some hair dryer. So they'll get it started. No problem. Sure. Cool. Go back the next day. Guy looks at me a little funny. Mm-mm. Speak Spanish to my host friend. He's like, you need a new starter it's starter's day okay they can get a used one it'll be here another day okay cool 300 bucks buy a starter whatever guy brings it in installs it the next day so i'm sitting there now getting a little nervous you know i'm a little nervous but they still everyone seemed pretty confident
1: (laughs) this is how things go you can sometimes get through things with confidence
2: absolutely absolutely i was (laughs) supremely confident Yeah. yeah This car is going to get fixed. I was, I was in and everything the mechanic said, it it seemed again, I didn't speak any Spanish, but what it was being interpreted to me, they put the new starter in dry, a whole bunch more stuff out. And uh, he said, come back tomorrow morning. We'll try it again. We go back the next morning, we pull up and we don't get out of the car. And I look up in the, in the mechanic standing there. And he's doing that sign where he takes his hand and puts it across his neck and shakes his hand. It's 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 done. And I'm like, talking to my buddy I'm like what yeah. is that what do you mean what's he saying and he's like on the way done he's shaking his head and I'm like huh like I never really believed that it would be done and he uh turns out you can hydrolock an engine and I didn't really know what that meant and uh you can put a you can put a big socket on the crank arm of the engine and you can physically turn most all engines from what I understand he put that socket on there, and you can't turn it. It's hydrolocked internally. There's water in the cylinders, and it's locked shut. It's not moving. Um, that is a that is a game changer. That's the end of that engine. No, no, She's that's over. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if it gets hydrolocked, Shit. you can get water in the engine and not hydrolock it. I learned a lot about this over the next couple of days. So
0: you're sucked water in the air intake into sort of. the cylinders, and then it's just proper fucked. You can't do anything.
2: Over. So if you the, the, what I learned over this process was that if you go to restart it while underwater and the tailpipe's underwater and there's water in the tailpipe, you can it'll actually suck water back into the engine. Oh, it wasn't that it I was because your 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 intake is generally if you fully submerse it, you're going to get water in there. But right. I had you could you literally could almost get water over the top of it and it would not necessarily go in the intake. Right, right. not enough water to hydrolock. But if you do it the other way from the tailpipe in, so the lesson I learned later. Was that if that ever happens, and you were able to push it out of the water and let it drain out the tailpipe, even if it won't start, it won't necessarily hydrolock the engine. Sometimes it'll, it'll restart. I didn't know that. Well, so when you I don't tried
1: to start
2: it when yeah. it was sitting physically in the water, that's what I hydrolocked that's it. That's what did it. That was over. That was the end. Of it. That was and great. I had no idea. Right. Right. I just assumed it's wet electric. It's not going to start. Yeah. So I'm sitting there looking at this guy, looking at my buddy. My buddy, for the very first time, is like, oh, shit. You know, this is, um, I, no word of any of this was ever possible in right. our world. It was just a new starter, some electrical. Right. Boom, boom, boom. Now I'm in Mexico with a dead rental car um, that I have been dragging around for four days. Fishing Stories
0: is brought to you by Rep Your Water Apparel.
1: For those of you who don't know, we are the co-founders and owners of Rep Your Water, where we make everything from hats, sun shirts, Merino blend sun hoodies, whiskey glasses, tees, and much more.
0: All of our products feature unique designs and all of them support our conservation partners. To see the latest and learn more, check out our website, www.repyourwater.com.
1: Fishing Stories is also brought to you by Lock & Co Whiskey.
0: Distilled right here in Colorado and finished with hand cut, charred, Colorado aspen wood discs, This smooth and yet complex whiskey is as unique as any trout stream.
1: It's a staple on our bar at home and is delicious, served as is, or even mixed in a cocktail. To learn more, go to www.lockandcodistilling.com. Lock spelled with an E.
2: Now I'm in Mexico with a dead rental car um, that I have been dragging around for four days. So I called another person that I knew down there who was a lodge owner, uh, right in that same area who I was friends with and kind of seeked out his advice and said, Hey, I've I've got a weird situation. And the second I said I had messed up a car in any version, he's like, Oh, you, you, you need to talk to a lawyer. And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, here's, here's the deal, man. He actually came down there and looked at the car with me. This is a a guy that owns a lodge from Texas. And he came and talked to me and he goes, he was right down the road and he's like, Hey, If you get into a financial dispute or an issue in Mexico, particularly of substantial money, it's not like in the States where like we go to small claims court and they kind of send me some letters and then we either negotiate or we go to small claims court and I get a lawyer and we kind of, we figure out, no, 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 no. If they have a financial issue like that, if you get in a bad car accident, they literally can arrest you on the spot and then figure it out in court. So So now
0: we're looking at some Mexican jail time here.
2: Yes. And, And he was dead serious. Not and I'm right. like, I had no concept of any of this. So he's like, we're going to call my lawyer and you need to tell him everything. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> we get in his car and we call his lawyer in Cancun. I can't remember the guy's name. And he's like, oh, blah, blah, blah. Hey, how you doing? Great, great. And hey, I've got a friend here who needs your advice. Um, and will you listen to what's going on and, and either give him some advice or I'll bring him up to see you. So I tell him every bit of it. And after hearing me about two thirds way through, he kind of stopped me and he goes, here, here's the deal, man. Like you're, uh, this isn't, this isn't good. And he goes, you're, you're, you're in a fair bit of trouble. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, "Um, if you were to show up with that, with, you know, trying to return your rental car or somehow let them know what happened, they, they will call the cops. He will get arrested right away. And um, whether, I don't, he's like, I don't care what kind of insurance you have or whatever. This is not the United States right? and he's like, um, you need to leave now and, uh, then you need to call them from the United States. And I was like, you're serious. And He's like, you probably should take the bus and don't, uh, don't record anything and you should just leave. And I'm like, don't, what do you mean? And he's like, <laughs> you need to leave the country, man. So I bought the literally the next flight out. I was planning on leaving a couple of weeks to go see my sister. I was almost done with the trip, but I bought a flight to my sister's house and literally got a bus ticket that I paid for in cash. And he's like, just leave. And I took a bus the next morning to the airport and flew out. And the whole time I'm like, are they gonna stop me? And I asked him that and he goes, listen, they don't have those kinds of systems here and they don't probably know anything yet, but you you just really don't wanna be there. So I left, dumb young gringo me was like, I'm out of here beast out landed on american soil which i never thought i'd be fleeing mexico
1: i assume the car was in your name so oh that, yeah that adam was
2: fine. adam uh, i'm sure he's going to listen to this at some point adam was like literally like i'm going to chill here and just eat <laughs> Hang out on the beach and maybe fish. Alone. Yeah, you'll be fine. Nothing was adam's name. Nothing was. Adam was like, "Whatever, man." And I'm like, "Whatever, man." Like, okay, cool. I'm fleeing the country, yeah. but enjoy. Yeah. So it, it gets even better. I leave and I get home and I'm like, "All right, cool." i met my sisters and I, I the next day do what I was advised. I call them and say, "Hey, I got this rental car. It's parked on the side of the road, which was at this little lodge I was saying It won't start, and I had to catch a plane, so." I left. And like, oh, okay, no problem. We'll go get the cars. Go see the address. Sure, no problem. Cool. A week later, I haven't heard anything. I assume <laughs> they got the car. No problem. Another piece of this that I didn't tell you is I I you know, I was younger. I didn't have a ton of credit. I had a credit card with a twenty five hundred dollar limit. So I'm like, What's the very worst that could happen? I can charge twenty five hundred dollars. Like that would have been rough. I was like, that that would be a lot of money. Four or five weeks later. I've almost forgotten about this. This is like, ah, they, they, they figured it out. You know, check my credit card once in a while, but I'm like, it's fine. <laughs> I go and check my credit card. And uh, all of a sudden on my credit card, there's a eight and a half thousand dollar charge.
1: Oh dear. I'm
2: like, what is this? And why is that 10,000? How do I, I have a 2,500 limit. This can't be, something's messed up. I look at it. It's $8,500. Juarez, Mexico dollar rental car. And I'm like, That can't be right. I call my credit card company and they're like, oh, no problem, sir. We'll take it off. You you want to dispute this? No problem. It's a false shark for sure. Juarez, Mexico. Dollar. No problem. We'll get rid of it. No problem. We'll take it. So they take it off. It goes another four weeks. Again, I'm like, it's my credit card. They'll figure it out. Young, dumb, idiot. Me. Then I get a packet in the mail from my insurance company that's like 30, 40 pages deep pictures, descriptions, vehicle, dollar rental, everything in there. They had replaced the engine on this vehicle. Everything was documented. This was a huge packet. And it said, basically there's a letter on the front that said, after doing a bunch of research, we have deemed as your credit card company that that, that you have incurred this expense. We're going to be putting it back on your credit card. You owe us. I owe that credit card, that amount of money. And uh, they had though one of the biggest stickers or issues with this thing is I had signed a blank credit card receipt. Mm. You know, those sliders, the yeah. Like yeah. they hand you 20 pages of forms. You sign this, 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 One of them was one of those oh, where they take my credit card, yeah. and had, but they didn't, they don't, you just put it in a pile of crap. You sign when you're getting this rental car after oh, three nice. hours of trying to fight with dudes. I can't go down for Right. So I signed some stupid thing and I just assume I, that's my little deposit slip or whatever. They wrote in $8,642 on that and oh, it sure. had my name on it. Yep. So I, again, fought this. I talked to two friends, both lawyers, neither of which were into this kind of law, but were like, what am I gonna do here? And they're like, here's the deal. It's done with dollar rental. They've submitted their thing. Now, now you're fighting your credit card company. You could try and go to Mexico and get them to reverse that charge. Good luck. You can fight your credit card company here in the United States. Good luck. It has your signed. You'd spend a lot of money to kind of fight that, right? And it was it was the amount of money where it, it was brutal. I had to borrow money to pay it off. I could go spend five thousand dollars on lawyer fees and not win, or something. You know, right. what I, mean? exactly. like I was I was caught in this like spot where it was like that's a ton of money. I can't believe I would. Have, it took me three months to borrow the money to pay it back, but also to come to terms with I'm going to have to pay this. Like this isn't going to go away. And uh, I talked to a credit card co- company at length uh, trying to, and they would record after that point. I no longer got the nice customer service lady. Yes, we'll take it off your card. I got the collections slash, like we're going to record every bit of this conversation. So watch what you say. <laughs> that, it was real serious. I talked to them and I'm like, don't I have insurance? I had a traveler's card or some crap, some United, you know, and I didn't have the booklet. They're like, look in your book. And I'm like, I don't have the book. So they sent me one. It's 42 little pages. It's those little tiny credit yep. card books that nobody ever reads. Right. And in there it does. I do have rental car insurance on it. I did. Yeah. And it, it covers all countries except three. Iraq, Iran, Mexico. Oh, <laughs> three in writing Mexico oh, because shit. of fraud on rental cars, yeah. three countries, all uh, other countries covered under your credit card insurance. Brutal. They were like, you have no option here. I, I went every, I talked to so many people to try How do I get out of this? How do I, and at the end of the day, I made a really big mistake, you know, and I, I was, I struggled with it for a while because I I screwed up and it cost me, you, you do all the math. Like, what could I spend this kind of money on? Like, I, I mean, all of it, like, and I, you know, went from being like this budget DIY permit trip. We caught, I caught two, Adam caught one, like, it was incredible. We had an amazing time to like, this is the most expensive trip of my life. Like, I exactly. can't believe I did this, you know, and guilt. And I didn't talk about it for like two years. I started a job at Umqua without, and this had only happened like six months beforehand. And I didn't tell anybody for like a year. <laughs> yeah. I didn't tell a soul. I was so upset. Oh, at the that. end of the day, I didn't hurt anybody or, you know, I made a and big mistake. And
1: you didn't go to jail. Wait, That's what
2: my father said. He yeah. actually let me the money. Yeah. yeah. He said, you know, the, the other options could have been a lot, lot worse. In exactly. Yeah.
1: Spending that kind of money sucks, but at the end of the day, like, your life is fine. Adam's yes. life is fine. Adam's yeah. life is more than fine. Adam's
2: like Adam got of this stuff. <laughs> Adam, Adam did well with this whole situation. Adam oh flew God. on his original flight, just yeah. came home, and never thought about it again. Yeah. And uh, I learned some really good lessons. You need to be really careful when. In other countries, particularly uh, that, that have different rights and freedoms or rules, yeah. laws. You know, and I took that for granted like a lot of, I think, people do. Totally. And I screwed up and there's consequences when you make mistakes. And, right. uh, and you don't have the same protections. You do not. Right. That's what, that was the biggest idea. Right. Although
1: fine print everywhere.
2: Of
0: course. Correct. Is. Well, course. I got one for you real quick uh-huh. that you'll appreciate. Uh-huh so my dad and i traveled a ton when i was growing up you know mm-hmm. started when i was nine or ten years old we would do at least one if not a couple international trips mm-hmm. It was awesome he was like this part of your education right and i really appreciate that so one trip i think i was like 12 13 yeah. we went to costa rica and we were just gonna uh rent a car yeah. And, yeah. and drive around for 10 days right so kind of similar like we rented a little i think it was an isuzu troop uh-huh. right? little Very like tan can suv yeah, yeah. right uh-huh. and it was like you know we flew into san jose costa rica which is like kind of big rambling central american city mm-hmm. and the rental car was like way the fuck in this other neighborhood right, right? like not near the neighborhood but it was like the best rate, whatever mm-hmm. okay so the deal was we we're gonna pick up the rental car there and then we were gonna leave it at our hotel mm-hmm. uh, and they were gonna come get it yeah when we we're done yeah so we had a great time we drove around costa rica you know whatever we go into san jose you know, the night before our flight and we we're staying at this funny hotel that was like one of these weird, like trying to be a resort uh, and a casino, but it was in like <laughs> a weird part of town, but whatever it was like near the airport. Sure. Right. And my, like, I was our Spanish speaker, you know, I'm like yeah. 12, yeah, yeah, not good, not good. 12. Right. So yeah. we like drove into San Jose, we're immediately lost. Like it took us like three hours to find, wow. you know, cause this is yeah. back in the day. Right? No There's Google no mouse, digital yeah. help yeah. here. Yeah. Right. Like I'm running into gas stations trying to speak really. Spanish to like figure out where to go. Right. Yeah. So we finally made it to our hotel. We're like, thank God. Right. And so then my dad calls the rental car, the rental car place. is like, Hey, the car's here. It's ready for you. You know, whatever. They're like, Oh no, the deal is you bring it back to us. And my dad's like, no, the deal was you pick it up here. Yeah. yeah. And they're like, no, you bring it back to us. He's like, fuck you very much. Yeah. Hangs up, cancels the credit card. Yep. It's like Peace. Yeah. Like I'm done with this. Yep. Like enjoy yep. canceling that credit card. But this is back in the day when, to exit Costa Rica, you have to pay uh, oh, a, a tax. It's like a, ter- I forget what it calls. like. It's a ter- an exit tax. Exit yeah. tax. Yeah. And this is back in the day where you had to pay it in cash. Uh-huh. Right? You go
1: to one window, you pay your little exit tax. You pay in tax. cash and it,
0: has yeah. to be in ca- and it has to be in yeah. currency. Yeah. Right? Well, my dad has just canceled the only card that he has that's like an ATM pin card. Ah. No cash so back. He's like fuck like what do you Whoops. have in your backpack like yeah, what yeah, cash yeah. you have like we're <clears throat> counting all of our coins like yeah. we need this exit tax right yeah. we don't have it so <laughs> yeah, he's like all right what know. do you have we're selling some stuff so he goes down to the casino and he's like all right i'm gonna play a little blackjack no here way. you wait outside and just you're gonna see how this goes
2: no and way. i distinctly
0: remember just like sitting on this weird bench in this like lobby with these weird little planted palm trees and uh, he uh, he got us our exit no. tax, and away we win. Wow, but that was that was a good one. Or you'd be I never because those guys were like, we're going to continue to charge every day that we don't
2: get the car. We're charging you. Yeah, for the yeah. car. Did he ever have any repercussions on there? No, I'm sure they I think they
0: just came and got it,
2: sure. and wow. its
1: engine was fully functioning.
0: And its engine was fully functioning. It oh was, my
1: gosh! Well, we've all learned some lessons.
0: yeah we really are i'm glad you did not have to spend some time in a mexican jail
2: me too me too i don't (laughs) think that's the right place for me
0: i don't want to spend
1: time in any jail and definitely not in a foreign country.
2: no
0: that's a memorable beginning to your permit catching journey as
2: well that that was the start of it i actually i started just before that i i was at my uh best friend's bachelor party in the same area that's how Uh, i learned about this and and i saw my for the first time we go out one morning he's like i think i know where there's some flats we went out and looked and there's like three giant tails Holy swinging around God. the first morning i was like beside myself and uh then of course the next winter i'm like i'm gonna go there for six sure. to eight weeks and uh ever since i've been pretty you know enamored by him
1: and they still let you in mexico huh
2: so the next time i went to mexico <laughs> was Five years later, that's when I started to go to Belize. Because I'm like, new country. Uh, And it was five years later. And it um, it was four months into being married. And my wife and I went to Baja. And on the plane down there, I told her this story. We were also renting a car. And I was like, listen, I had this weird situation. You
1: you to put it in your name?
2: I totally said that to her. I said, you're going to. So, and that she said, are they going to let you in? And I'm like, I think so. I had asked a bunch of people, and they're like, well, if you paid it, like, you know, and I'm like, you should be good. I should be good. Yeah. But I did so much research on rental car companies. It turns out that like dollar and hertz and all that, those are just leased names. They yeah. have no affiliation with like right the US. Related, That's right. Yeah. Right. If you do some research when you go to other countries, it doesn't matter if it's Mexico or not, on um, you can find some really good trip advisor, like advice on who to rent from and Because sure. there's all kinds of weird you can rent a car for a dollar a day, but there's all kinds of like scams and weird right. stuff Absolutely.
0: with it. Before we wrap here, yeah. Um, I mean, we'll give everybody plug to buy flies, tippet, and gear from unqua Feather Mergers, right? Absolutely.
2: Thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you can, you Available can at all. your
1: local fly shop. That's, that's right. right. We sell
2: wholesale only. You can uh, view our, everything on our website. But yeah, yeah. That's you right. can go to your local fly shop and, and support Uncle products. Absolutely. Sure. Uh,
0: yeah. Josh, he's going to have some signature patterns for unqua as well. I've so been do you, fishing. Mr. Doctor. Yeah, that's right. Uh-huh. I've been fishing <laughs> his uh, Hustler Nymph recently, and it's mm-hmm. very good.
1: Catches fish.
0: He catches fish. Well, yeah. thanks
1: for taking the time out. It's always a pleasure. It was great and, seeing um, you guys. Good to know that you made it out on
2: the other Be side. Be careful in so. Mexico. That's <laughs> it. Well, keep your wits about you.
1: And one day we'll catch a permit.
0: Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> one day. Thank um, you, guys.
2: Thanks. Thanks.